Hello, everyone. I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for joining me today. And let me say that those of you that may be watching for a very first time, we want you to know how much we appreciate you taking time out of your busy life and watching our broadcast today. And I believe it is going to be an inspiration to you. You know, I have been called to teach the Word of Faith. I surrendered my life to the Lord back in 1969 under the ministry of Kenneth Copeland, and he first taught me the Word of Faith. Then later, Kenneth Hagin, Oral Roberts, and T.L. Osborne became my mentors, and I have been teaching the Word of Faith around the world. 46 different nations I've actually been in, and my messages have gone around the world, but this is what I preach. This is what I live. This is what I stand for, the Word of Faith. It'll change my life, and I know it will change yours as well. So once again, thank you for joining me today, and we have a great message of faith that we want to share with you, and I'm going to be calling it God's Stimulus Package. You know, back in April of this year, I was preaching with Brother Kenneth Copeland out at Eagle Mountain and uh, uh, in his virtual victory campaign, and uh, one morning, as I was just praying, I hadn't preached it yet, but I was just praying and uh, had just watched the news the evening before. And at that time, they were still trying to determine a stimulus package for people in America. And uh, of course, at that time, the Democrats and the Republicans, they were all fighting back and forth over what was right and what wasn't. And President Trump was trying to get something passed to help the American people during that time of of, of great uh, tra tragedies and, and uh, adversity and so forth. And finally, they agreed on something and it got passed. And I was thinking, you know, God's had a stimulus package all these years. For over 2,000 years, we've had a stimulus package that God orchestrated. And it's in the Bible. Did you know that? A stimulus package for you as a child of God is in the Bible. Now, let me define stimulus before we go any further. I wrote it down. Something that arouses hope and lifts one's spirit. Something that arouses hope and lifts one's spirit. That's what stimulus means. Now, in Romans, if you have your Bibles with you, in Romans chapter 15, in verse 13, we find the Apostle Paul saying to us, now the God of hope, now I love that. It starts out with God is a God of hope. Say it with me. My God is a God of hope. In other words, if you hang around God long enough, you're going to be filled with hope. I'm a man of hope. I have great hope. And it all began when I surrendered my life to the Lord way back there in 1969. I have been a man of hope all these years I don't ever have a day of hopelessness. Now, there are people in the world today, including some Christians, and that shouldn't be, but there are a lot of people today that are hopeless. They have no hope whatsoever. And if you're a Christian, that is not right because the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians that the only people on the planet that are entitled to be hopeless are people that are without God and without a covenant. Well, if you're a Christian, then you're not without God. Not only that, you're not without a covenant. So quit going around saying, I don't have any hope. If you're a Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian, you're entitled to be hopeless. You're entitled to have no hope. 
But if you're a Christian, I challenge you, I admonish you today, stop going around saying, I don't have any hope. I feel hopeless. No, if you'll get around God, you won't be hopeless anymore because right here it says, now the God of hope. Amen. You know, I learned uh, this phrase from Brother Copeland way back there 50 years ago. He said, when you're in trouble, when you're down, when you're oppressed, when you're under attack, don't run from God, run to God. Why? Because he's the God of hope. God will inspire your hope. Not only that, he will stimulate your faith. He'll cause your faith to rise to another level. But if you fail to fellowship with him, if you don't spend any time in his word, then hopelessness will come on you. So notice here, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I love that phrase, that you may abound in hope. In other words, I'm not, have, I, I'm not supposed to be uh, uh, half full of hope. I'm supposed to be full of hope, abounding in hope. Amen. I get up every day of my life having hope. Somebody said, well, you don't come under the attacks that we do. Hey, follow me around. I come under attack just like you do, but I don't yield to it. I don't give the devil place. I don't, I don't magnify him and what he's doing. I magnify God and I magnify his word and I magnify the promises of God. And the promises of God are designed to create hope and to create faith and to cause you to be able to remain strong and to be full of hope no matter what you're going through. Now, once again, it says that he is the God of hope and that he wants to fill you with joy and peace while you're believing and that you may abound in hope. Amen. Here's the way uh, uh, another translation says, let hope burst forth in you. Let hope burst forth in you. And once again, the only way you can do that is you have to stay in constant fellowship with God. Now, I want you to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 11 and 12. His, this, he's, he's talking about how Christians should conduct themselves. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and continuing instant in prayer. Now notice one of those characteristics that every Christian should have is that they should be rejoicing in hope. Another translation says, don't quit in hard times. That's the message translation. Don't quit in hard times. Hallelujah. You know, we don't have any reason to quit. God's on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? You know, I, I love the writings of the Apostle Paul. In fact, when I get to heaven, I'm going to spend some time with Paul and I'm going to let him know in advance, uh, you know, before we get to talking about anything else, I'm going to tell him I preached all your sermons while I was in the earth. I love his writings. I love uh, how that his writings inspire my faith. And right here, he's telling us that we should be rejoicing in hope that we should never quit in hard times. We never should go around saying, I don't have any hope. I'm hopeless. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm at my wit's end. That is not what people of faith say. Amen. Now, I'm encouraging you. 
Get in the Word of God. And particularly right now, you need to be in the Word of God every day of your life. Why? Because something is changing in our world every day. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week. But the way it's going right now, it's not looking good. But praise God, the Bible says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. You're never going to get up one morning and the Bible says something different than what it said the day before. Amen. God is not swayed by circumstances. He's not swayed by what's going on in our world. He's already declared what he's going to do and he expects you to receive it, believe it, stand for it, act on it, and be blessed by it. Praise God. Amen. So once again, uh, in Romans 12 and verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Now the word patient here, it doesn't mean just put up with it, hope to God, one day it'll be better. The word patient means be consistent, be constant, never changing regardless of the circumstances. That's the reason the message translation says, don't quit in hard times. You know, that's probably one of the things that is a major problem in the body of Christ today. People tend to want to give up. They tend to want to quit, uh, particularly when it looks like it's not, nothing's working, that it's not going to change. Well, you know, uh, give God some time. You know, uh, it doesn't all happen overnight. There's sometimes I've had to stand for days, months, even years before I, I, I received what God had promised me in the natural. In other words, it manifested in the natural. But I, I made the decision that quitting is not an option. Quitting is never an option for Jerry Savelle. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You've heard me say it before. Those of you that are new to the broadcast, you may be the first time you've ever heard me say it, but I want you to know that quitting is not an option for Jerry Savelle. I'm not a quitter and I'm not going to quit, particularly when the Bible says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. When the Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. Who could dare stop you from experiencing the blessing of God if God is for you? So with that in mind, quitting is not an option. So once again, we should be rejoicing in hope. We should continue and be patient in tribulation, never changing, regardless of how bad it gets, just never changing. Now, when it gets worse, that means you need to spend more time with God because your mind is going to wrestle with you. Your mind is going to try to take over. Satan is going to plant negative thoughts in your mind. And so that means you need to spend more time, quality time with the Word, with the Holy Spirit, with your Heavenly Father, so that the God of hope will cause your hope to abound. And amen to this as well. He's the God of faith. Hallelujah. And if you hang around Him, then your faith is going to keep rising to higher and higher levels. Amen. And faith in God means you just don't quit. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I have faith in God and I'm not a quitter. Say it again. I have faith in God and I'm not a quitter. Now, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. We've been in Romans 12, but let's back up to verse 2. 
and be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. In other words, don't act like the rest of the world. Uh, Another translation says, don't allow yourself to be conformed to the image of this world. Uh, don't, Don't conform to your culture without even thinking about it. Instead, lean toward God, lean toward his word. Let your mind be renewed so that you think differently than the rest of the world. So here it says, be not conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, Another translation talks about uh, don't follow the course of this world. Don't let the world around you make your decisions for you. Amen. You're not in the world anymore. I mean, you're not of the world anymore. You're in it, but you're not of the world anymore. That's what Jesus said. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Once again, these are all the writings of the Apostle Paul, a great man of faith, a great man of hope, uh, a man that refused to quit, and he went through more than you and I will ever go through. And he's telling us that God has a stimulus package for us, and praise God, it's available to us. No matter how difficult the times that we live in become, we have a stimulus package. God has something that he has made available to us and it is designed to arouse our hope and to lift our spirit. Amen. So notice 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. Now look, listen to this very closely. If you have your Bibles, follow along with me. If you haven't already underlined or highlighted this verse, please do so. So that every time you pass by, it's going to jump out at you. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Well, that's good news right there. We don't even have to go any further. We have received not the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is not on my life. The spirit of the world is not in my life. Say that with me. I don't have the spirit of the world. Say it again. I don't have the spirit of the world. It goes on to say, but the spirit which is of God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. You, you either got one or the other. Amen. You either got the spirit of the world or you have the spirit of God. Now, which one is it in your life? If you're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, then praise God, you ought to be saying, I don't have the spirit of the world anymore. I have the spirit, which is of God. I am, uh, I'm wall to wall Holy Ghost on the inside. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have the Holy Ghost indwelling me. Amen. And then notice it goes on to say, we haven't received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, and listen to this closely, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now there's talking about the stimulus package. The Holy Spirit has been sent by the Heavenly Father to indwell you and to reveal to you everything that he has planned and prepared for you. God has prepared a stimulus package for you. And once again, it is designed to arouse hope and to cause your spirit to be uplifted. Now, if you don't know anything about it, then you're going to miss out. The Bible says that 
Uh, God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Uh, I, I, I like to say it this way. God's people failed to receive God's best for a lack of knowledge. You know, I didn't know these things back in 1969. I had no clue that all this was in the Bible. I didn't read the Bible prior to that. I, I remember growing up in a little uh, uh, Baptist church down at the end of our road, little country Baptist church. And the only scripture I really remember the pastor talking about, because it seemed like they talked about this every Sunday, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and so forth. And, and, and then he closed it with, you know, if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, then come up here and shake my hand and we'll baptize you next Sunday night. Well, that's about all I knew about what was in the Bible. I, I don't remember the, the, the pastor and he was a wonderful man. I, I loved our pastor. He thought the world of me. In fact, in fact, I used to cut his grass for him and he lived just down the road from us near the closer to the church. And, but I don't ever remember him talking about uh, the blessing of God. I don't ever remember him talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost and that the Holy Spirit has been sent by God to reveal to us everything that God wants us to enjoy, wants us to have. I don't remember any of that. So because I lacked knowledge, I was not enjoying God's best for my life. And it wasn't until February 1969 when I surrendered my life to the Lord and began to study the Word. In fact, Carolyn had given me a Bible uh, shortly after we married. And uh, before I, I became a minister, I was in the automotive business. I repaired wrecked automobiles. I restored classic automobiles. My dad and I built hot rods and race cars. And, and I owned my own business. And I, I remember Carolyn, when I opened that, that business, she came up to the shop and she brought a Bible that she had bought for me. And she put it on my desk in my office and said, Jerry, uh, this is a gift for you. Read it whenever you can, as often as you can. Well, as soon as she left, I put that Bible in the bottom drawer of my desk underneath all my paint catalogs. I did not want a customer coming into my shop and seeing a Bible on my desk. Now, I'm just sorry to say that, but that's the way I was back then. And so I hid that Bible. But then in February of 1969, a few years later, we married in 1966. So in 1969, after I surrendered my life to the Lord, then when I went back to my shop the next day and uh, I started looking for that Bible, I forgot where I'd put it. And I found it under those paint catalogs in the bottom drawer of my desk. And I remember uh, I had a couple of employees that came in that morning and, and uh, I, I told them as soon as they got there, I said, go home. We're not working today. They said, what do you mean go home? I said, we're not working today. Take off. We're not working today. They said, well, we have cars that customers are coming to pick up that are finished. I said, I'll call them and tell them come tomorrow. Why? I said, I don't know. Just go home. I didn't know why I was doing it. I, I just said, go home. It, that was the first time I'd ever had uh, a hard time talking people not to work, talking people into not to work. And so they went home. I shut the overhead door to my shop. I locked the door to my office and I got that Bible and I walked into the shop restroom and I sat on the floor in that restroom with that Bible. 
trying to find those scriptures that Kenneth Copeland talked about the evening before that the message that I heard that changed my life. And I, I, I didn't know where they were and I kept looking, you know, I had to go to the index to find where Mark was. And I found Mark and he talked about uh, Mark 11, 23 and 24. And I found those verses. And then I found some other verses that he talked about in the book of John. And, and I sat there and cried like a baby. And I said, God, if this is all true, then I'm going for it. I'm not, I'm not going to be without you in my life anymore. I'm not going to be without your word in my life anymore. And I'm going for it. And so I did. And shortly after that, I was able to shut my business down and to begin to prepare full time for the ministry. And of course, I've been preaching now for 51 years. Amen. But I began to learn, especially from the writings of the Apostle Paul, because Paul talks about all the time throughout his writings about the importance of receiving revelation. In fact, let me show you just real quickly, then we'll get back to our subject here. But notice, if you will, in Ephesians chapter 1 and uh, verse 17, and in verse 16, he actually says, this is what I'm praying for you. And he said uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Now notice here, he wants us to have knowledge. He wants us to be filled with revelation knowledge, be filled with the wisdom of God. Why? Because the more of revelation knowledge you have in your life and the more of the wisdom God you have in your life, then the more you're going to enjoy what God says belongs to you, your stimulus package. Uh, let's take a look at another book uh, that Paul wrote by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the book of Colossians. And in Colossians uh, chapter 1 and verse 9, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of him and his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So all over the writings of the Apostle Paul, it talks about the importance of being filled with revelation, being filled with wisdom. And you can do that, but you can't do it outside of uh, fellowship with the Word of God. That's what I began to do. I began to get in the Word. And please understand, when this started in my life, I knew nothing about the Word. If, if I was listening to an old reel-to-reel -reel tape back then, we didn't have all this modern technology, reel-to-reel -reel tapes. If I was listening to a tape by Kenneth Copeland, if he said, open your Bibles to Ephesians, thank God we had a stop button. I stopped him right there. And I found usually as a result of looking in the index, you know, where's the book of Ephesians, page whatever. And I'd go there and then I'd turn the tape back on and Kenneth Copeland would read the verse. And then he'd say, let's go to the book of Romans. Well, I'd have to stop him and say, uh, uh, go to my index and find the book of Romans. But hey, that didn't last real long and it didn't take a lifetime. And it was just a matter of time I now know what Ephesians says. I now know what Romans says. I know what belongs to me in Christ. 
I know who I am in Christ. I know what I can do in Christ. I know about God's stimulus package and I've been enjoying it all these years and praise God, you can do the same thing. But once again, do what God told Joshua to do. In Joshua chapter one and verse eight, get that verse, underline it and remember it. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written therein. Do what God told Joshua to do. Keep the word in your mouth. Keep the word in your heart. Meditate it every day. Amen. And then he went on to say, and then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Praise God. Well, my time is up. I want to share this announcement with you. So watch closely and I'll be back in just a few moments. God is arranging a greater stimulus package than you can even imagine. Don't settle for less than all of what God has provided. When you order today's special offer, God's stimulus package, you'll receive Dr. Savell's book, Why God Wants You to Prosper, his three-part CD series, How to Bring God's Glory on Your Finances, and his mini book, Take Charge of Your Financial Destiny. In this special offer, you'll discover what to do in times of financial crisis, God's purpose for prosperity and blessing, and how to break free from financial bondage. It's time for you to experience God's deliverance and blessing. Don't delay any longer. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of God's stimulus package. God has chosen you to receive an inheritance as his child. God's promises are not for a distant future, but they are for the here and now. Begin to receive it today. Thank you so very much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure to share the Word of God with you. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but I have preached me happy. I was happy when I came in here, but I am happier now. I can't get enough of the Word of God, and if I can't find anybody else to preach to, I'll preach it to myself. Praise God. Amen. Uh, Let me close it with this. I want to remind you now, we're going to continue on this subject next week, and I want to remind you, keep in mind, our foundation scripture here, 1 Corinthians 2, 12. Now we have not received the spirit, which is the world of the world, but the spirit, which is of God, that we might know. Say with me that I might know. Say it again, that I might know. God wants you to know something here. What does he want you to know? He wants you to know the things that are freely given to you by God. That's talking about God's stimulus package, and it's available to you. And praise God, we're going to continue talking about it on next week's broadcast, so be sure to join with me, okay? Now, before we leave the air, once again, I want to remind you of our special offer, products that are available to you this week, Why God Wants You to Prosper. This book, I believe, is going to be a great blessing to you. I've gotten a lot of testimonies from people all over the world telling me how much this book has been an inspiration to them. Why God wants you to prosper. It's not just so your life will be better, even though that's part of it, but God wants you to prosper. God wants every need in your life to be met so that you can be a blessing, so that you have more than enough so that you can help other people. And that's what that book's about. And then here are three CDs, God's glory on your finances. Well, you're just going to have to listen to that 
to find out what that's all about. And then this little book, Take Charge of Your Financial Destiny. Order it today. All the information is on your screen or you can just go to jerrysavelle.org and it'll tell you what to do. Thank you once again for joining me. And remember, as we leave the air, your faith will overcome the world.